This is Four Network. Credo is the daft of the Football Daft podcast. Is that a good story? Is that a good story? I've got an encyclopedia. Brain. He's got a day man nothing. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Why are you a fucking hula? <laughs> this is Football Daft. You're a Rangers man. Uh, I'm a Hearts man. <laughs> With Ewan Cameron. I work for Showtime in ESPN. <laughs> and. Be the top end of Stevenson. Ewan Cameron is unavailable for selection. So they've brought in a guest host. I know who it is. Do you and know who it is? I'll tell you who it is. It's the sun tanned Superman, none other than the best mm. Scottish presenter mm. on FATBA, the full lot. It's yourself, David Tanner. And I must admit, I'm buzzing to have you sitting next to me. And you're sitting next to me this time. Usually we're kind of, me and you and sit across for one another. But this is good. This is quite intimate sitting next it to you, Davey. I can touch you. Sexy. I can feel that lovely. I mean, I must always admit as well, Davey, you're always looking immaculate. Thank you very much, Pet. But anyway, listen, thank you for having me in. Thanks to everyone as well who gave me such a great response when I came in a couple of months ago to do Where Are You? But somebody are you? messaged me today on my Facebook page saying that they'd listened to it and enjoyed it. Aye, no, now, you were good. See, when you do what I've done over the last 25 years, Aye. you're not used to people saying, oh, that was really good. They're usually abusing you for Aye. some reason. Did yeah. you get abuse? Um, well, I was never on social media until the last couple of years. So Did, but I, was aware, I was aware of it. So what happens is you go on and you say, good evening, welcome to a football programme that involves, for example, our growth. And people are writing in complaints say, I am from Forfa. He smiles when he said our broth. He's an our broth fan. <laughs> you know. And I'm, it probably happens a bit more with two Glasgow clubs I could mention. I wonder what they would be. Would that be mm. Partick and Clyde? Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> I know, the Queen's Park fans. Uh, They're yeah. the worst of the lot. So it was really, really nice. So everyone was on Twitter saying to me, this is great. But, so but here, but hold on to cut you off, David. Thank you for David, that. David, did you, did you have social media before you left Sky? No. No. So did I you had Instagram, leave, actually. But did you, right, did you leave Sky and go, right, I need to get in about that social media show? I wanted to go on Twitter before, actually, and they said, oh, don't do that. Because right. it's, it's, you know, there's more to be lost and to be gained, which I regret now, actually. If somebody's gained you shite, you press mute. Yeah, I do Because that. you don't get the satisfaction blocking. of the game and blocking. If they're blocked, they get a hard on because you blocked them. Mm. And they'll screen grab it and they'll send it to what's out going, fuck it up, you blocked off the big man, tidy. You mute them and you never hear about them again. I have been doing broadcasting for over 30 years now. Started at Radio Clyde when I was a kid. And in all those years, nobody beside me has said hard on. This is a fun <laughs> <laughs> Did you... I, Maybe a semi. That's been mentioned a few uh, times before. Talking about um, your Radio Clyde, is it true that you just bailed them up and went, I want a job when you were 16 year old? Yeah, it was. Um... And I was listening to the Doogie Donnelly mid-morning show. And Doogie Donnelly, do you know what Doogie Donnelly's audience Super Noodle Heat. was? <laughs> I used to governor, though. Is it, is, do, do you look oh, up to him so much? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim White, uh, Doogie Donnelly, absolute governor. Jim White, I know. How do you feel about Jim White? I feel as if these days he, again, is becoming one of these people. Now, I know he might be your mate, but I feel as if he's coming across as one of these type of Katie Hopkins type characters, one of these... Sutton, you know the way they try, they try to sensationalize. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. He's a great journalist. He's a great working journalist. He can get his foot in any door. 
You know, what, um, the only Jim White story I have is that I climbed Ben Nevis with his ex-wife, right? <laughs> now, what the deal was, it was, we were filming something called Scotland in a Day, and it was meant to portray September the 14th, 2014, the day that when Scotland were going to vote yes or no. And my character played a guy that decided, right, I'm that Scottish, I'm going to climb Ben Nevis, right? Now, when I agreed to do it with the director, they said, oh, don't worry about it, you, you don't actually need to climb Ben Nevis, you know, we're just going to get you a couple of shots. Uh, we'll get you the boatman the mountain, all the rest of it. Already, I fear you were being lied to. I was, was I lied to, mate? <laughs> I turned up that day dressed like this from my trainers on. <laughs> turned up. Jim <laughs> White's, Flops. Jim White's missus or ex-missus was the director. She's all wearing the boots, wearing all the carry on. She's got part lunches, she's got torches, she's got the full rigger. Kendall mint cake. Aye, oh, that's carry on. I'm going, what's the deal here? She says, oh, no, we're going to the tap. I says, oh, where the fuck? <laughs> she says, no, we're going to the tap. I goes, well, what? I've got my trainers on. So she took me to the wee, the, the, the nearest place where you can get all that tent shite. And uh, they, they bought me 90 bar boots. That kept, you know, that probably came out my wage. Um, and I actually had to climb Ben Nevis. I left at 11 o'clock in the morning, climbed up to the very tap, burst, climbed down. By the time I got back down to the ground, it was 11 at night and I was in tears. I was in tears. I'm worried about the chafing. Oh, there's plenty of chafing going about doing a bit with me. That's why I carry plenty of coconut oil, David. I'm a coconut oil guy. Is it anything that you carry with you? Have you always got essentials? Is it because I say, I say David, you always look immaculate, big man. You always, there's never a hair out of place. You look as if you've just walked right out of next. You're looking great. <laughs> um, no, not really. I, I always like to carry um, lip salve, and I've not got any today. And I've got the cold, as I mentioned, which I managed to pick up in Dubai. How was the, the flight? on the flight in the home. Flight's good, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Six hours sitting in a seat. Can you beat it? With the missus? No, they flew back the day before. So, so no. travelling on your own is the best way. You don't have to talk to anyone. So name it, Mile, mile High. Where? Actually, <laughs> I actually did join the Mile High Club. Who are Oh no, I was on my own. <laughs> Does that count? Does that count? So there we go. We've got the first head headline. David Tanner rips a nut off it <laughs> on long haul flights. That's an exclusive to football daft. I'll be in the paper tomorrow again. If only I had the energy for that. Grado's rant. Time for a rant. Yeah, boy. Rant this week about the three network. I went down last week at the worst possible time. I was meeting, having a meeting in Paisley. The free network is done. <laughs> right, so then I can't tell people that I'm going to be late for my meeting because I didn't know where I was going because the maps were done, so the data was done. Eventually, got to my meeting, done my meeting, left the meeting. Right, some of these people me, beep, 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 beep. I go, the fuck with this? What's this, 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 you, man? You've got a flat tire, you've got a flat tire. So, fair enough. So, I pulled in, big guy was brand new. I did have a flat tyre. Now, I'm hopeless at changing tyres and stuff like this. Big guy, Wally. Shout out to Big Wally for uh, through. He got right in his phone. He, he, has, he obviously didn't have free network. He goes, big man. He phoned somebody says, big man, have you got a JT30546 for a Jagger tyre? Aye, no bother. So I followed him slowly around to this garage. I got my, myself a, 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 a tyre fitted, although I had to wait a couple of hours for the tyre get get sent in. So the big man gave me a run. Faye the tyre place into Paisley Gummer Street because I was going to go home to kill a couple of hours, got the, t- got, got the left back into Paisley. Then I realised my fucking hooskies were on the core. Corkies. 
So then I had and to is find my... Three, is that the Free Network's fault? Free Network's fault because then I couldn't find my way back to the garage. Mm-hmm. Eventually I found my way back to the garage, what, half a mile. He says, right, it's still going to be a couple of hours for a tyre. I says, right, I'll find myself a vaping shop. So I walked myself back into Piazza Centre. The Piazza Centre vape shop was shut down. The vape is that sh- three's net- uh, network's fault? This is three network's fault. Oh. I then said to the Piazza, the Piazza Centre, said the shop has moved. The shop has moved to this postcode. I got a wee bit of Wi-Fi in a Piazza Centre. So I said, right, it's a 1.5 miles down the road. So I started following this uh, map. Mate, I ended up wanting one and a half miles and I got to a block of flats where apparently this new vape shop was. Somebody stopped me and says, mate, what are you doing here? He says, you're in the ghetto. I says, I'm not for the vape shop. He says, no, 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 no. It's a mile back down that way. So then I walked another mile back down into Paisley Centre to find this vape shop. It turns out that the vape shop had moved, but it moved from about here to about the end of this road. So I walked a mile that way in the wrong direction to a block of flats, came back down, realised that the vape shop was just running about the corner, spent... Basically, I walked about four miles on the wrong way because I'm fucking free because you can't get the finger out the reverse. How can a network in this day and age go down, Tanner? How can this happen? I don't get it. Don't ask me. I can hardly switch my phone on. It, but how good did your arse look after a four-mile walk? Well, I must have dropped a couple of puns, but I must admit I walked into a newsagent's and found that they were selling Willy Wonka chocolate. Actually, oh, no. Willy Wonka. So I bought myself a Willy Wonka chocolate and also... Uh, the shop was selling orange twirls. I didn't know they existed. Oh, wow. So I got myself an orange twirl and I got myself a Willy Wonka chocolate and I got myself to the vape shop and because uh, I'm new into the vaping, as you see, I kind of put this vape down. I've got two vapes now. They're calling me Jake the Vape. Um, <laughs> but just let you know, that caused a lot of bother that day, free network. I went and bust because also... I missed a payment on my credit card because I couldn't sign in because there was no data. So now I've got a black mark against my name for not paying my credit card off because of you free network. I'm going to struggle to get a mortgage. Fuck the lotties. And with that, it's back to you in the studio. <laughs> so we must talk on Football Daft about the weekend's games. What about Celtic? Celtic 6, Ross County 0. Wow! You know, Celtic had 21 attempts and goal in the first half and only scored one goal. Not that good. Slightly biased. Hamilton Aki's won, Hibs won. What can you say about Hamilton unable to beat Hibernian? That's an alright result for Hamilton. I see them going down this year, unfortunately. So uh, I won one each draw with, with Hibs. I was a ha- if I'm a Hamilton fan, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Well done to Cunningham for salvaging a point. And unfortunately for Hibs, it's two points dropped. Now, Kilmarnock moved to within two points of third place by beating Livingston 2-1. I mean, tell you what, everyone thought Kelly, disaster area this season. Wow, he's turned it around. It just shows you, give the guy a bit of time. Gary Dicker and Rory McKenzie scoring for for Kelly. So it's looking up. I don't see them getting, I don't see them challenging as much as what they did last year, but it's a good result at home. Now, our guest this week, Willow Flood, played for Aberdeen, 3-0 at Motherwell. Listen, Great result, Aberdeen's first win in three and all the rest of it, but what about the goals in that game? I didn't Cosgrove's see them, chip. I was in Germany, I missed the goals. Cosgrove I missed the goals. picked up the ball, edge of the box, a wee chip, and boom, over Mark Gillespie, it was sensational. Do you think Cosgrove is going to stay at Aberdeen for long? I think that Crystal Palace will bid £20 million for him in Germany. <laughs> Am I well, getting mixed up? Fingers crossed, fingers crossed that's the plan. Now, Hearts... One, Glasgow Rangers one. Can I put it to you that Rangers pooped the bed and the title challenge is over? 
Are you officially now saying that Rangers title challenge is over? No, I just are ask you the question. I never say anything. I only That's what ask you're hinting questions. at. But these are the games, David, that we need to win. I'm just gutted because the last time this happened, you know, we, we, we felt good when we beat Celtic at the new year and we stopped for the winter break and we came back and there was that dreadful game at Rugby Park. <laughs> was it yeah, that? Shot of bed. <laughs> uh, Rangers didn't deserve... I don't even know if they deserved the point. Well, it was just a shite game. Uh, both teams cancelled each other out, in my opinion. Uh, very frustrating as a Rangers fan. But, as I say, the guy that, you, that you're hitting at the last year, Morelos, if it wasn't for him, man, if he didn't equalise at that point in that game, it could have been a totally different story. So, thank fuck, thank fuck for Morelos. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully put. Uh, finally, St Mirren got their first goals in four games. Beating St. Johnson, still without a win this season. St. Mirren to St. Johnson, now your take on events in Paisley. Fuck Paisley. Oh, come on, get over it. Your phone network went down in Paisley in the ghetto. I love the fact that I said to you, what are you doing here? You're at risk. A big hairy wrestler, <laughs> honestly. And he's from Ayrshire. I'm not right. hairy. I'm not hairy. Oh. Avit. Too much info. <laughs> now, thanks for your tweets. Jamie Patterson says, Rangers were poor in the Ewan Cameron derby. Ewan's not here, and he's still getting it tight. Yes. Jimbo, what went wrong with Rangers at Tynecastle? Well, it's the same as every team. They raise their game when they play us. We'll be back at the same all this weekend. Uh, James Gillespie, good bounce back from Celtic after the Livy game. And I know it's just one game, but Frimpong looks like he could be an absolute star. That was a good player. Yeah, that was a good player. Decent. Jake Sturgis, Tommy Wright needs to go. Every interview now, he sounds like a defeated man and has, uh, in Jake's view, run out of ideas. Mm, I'm loving that. He's, he's, he's done so much for St. Johnson. He's done well, but um, he misses Fozzie. Next one, your old dad Colin, Dundee and McPake are tactically inept. Tell me this, your old dad Colin, <laughs> where did you do your coaching badges? <laughs> anyway, he has three strikers but consistently plays one up and plays the other two, Johnson and Nelson in the reserves. And? Anyway, so substitutions have been questioned. One up with five to go against Partick, midfielder off, winger on, and we finish the game 3-1 down. Maybe it's because they're better. Anyway, so I'm just answering that one myself. I get annoyed when people start... Uh, Stu it's good to see you like this, Tanner. Oh, I know. I like it. We don't get to see this side when you're on the telly. It's good to see you free reign. It's good to see you getting stuff off your chest. Get fired in. It's like son. someone is keep leading going. you astray. I can't oh, think keep who. going, man. It's Finally, uh, a t uh, Stu Bro, uh, tough game for the Bairns this week. Why is there Falkirk ones in? I mean, they're in what, what league are they in? Are they in like Division 3 now? You know why a Falkirk one is? Because producer, producer oh, John here right. is a Falkirk fan. So, he's got, so he gives right. me shit for always talking about Rangers, but he's always getting Falkirk stuff in. Correct. Got <laughs> Thanks for your tweets. Remember to tweet us. And remember, if you want to tweet me, Aye. can you remember my Twitter handle? Yes, it's at David Tanner TV. And if he's mentioned once, he's mentioned a hundred times that he needs me to follow. So somebody, going to do me a favour, people that follow me on Twitter, are going to follow David Tanner because he's just going to give me it tight for no goodness many followers. This will give you, this will give you, this will boost your credibility, mate. See this, see this, you're <laughs> acting like a villain, I love it. See the way you're ripping papers up and all that. This will oh, be good for your character, mate. Yeah. It's what you call in wrestling a heel turn. <laughs> It is a heel turn. It's, it's perfect. It's refreshing. David, you're reinventing yourself, you motherfucker. Next week, I'll be ripping up phone books <laughs> on the Football Daft podcast. Who are you? Who are you? 
Who are you indeed? And I'm delighted to say, for this segment, I'm joined by my old friend, Nicholas McDonald. Yes. Nicholas, of course, a runner-up in X Factor. Is it really six years? Yeah, it is. Do you know what? It only felt like a few weeks ago I'd done it. Well, not a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, you know what I mean? Same thing, but yeah, six, six years ago. It's mad to think. I still look the same. The only difference I put on about six stone. That's the only difference. <laughs> ah. Discovered beer in Chinese, but that's great. Oh, tremendous. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, when I'd done the show, I was... Actually, t- I was 16 on the show, but um, when I was actually about in real life, you must have been about 35, surely. Everyone aye. lies about their age in your game. Aye, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm the real deal. <laughs> um, and then I actually turned 17 on the show, actually during one of the live the live shows. So 17 when I done it, aye, and now I'm turning 23 next month. So I'm getting old, do you know what I mean? Nearly, nearly that 30. It's, when you get to 30, it's like the peak and then it just goes vroom. That's it, downhill for there. But, <laughs> and married life as well, so... I will let you know when it happens to me, so... <laughs> Now listen, <laughs> congratulations are in order. Yes, for the for the big wedding. Been married a month now, so doesn't you feel any different? Is it working? For now, <laughs> I for now it's lasting. <laughs> Three weeks, I so it's, it's lasting. She's a keeper. I definitely well, she's from Florida, so she's different from the from the people of Glasgow, you know. Yeah, just a wee bit. Now you are <laughs> the best thing to come out of Wishaw since uh, John Higgins. Oh, good <laughs> Here answer. We go. Good answer. The, um, what is it like for a boy from Wishaw to marry a Floridian? I mean, do you require a translator? Well, originally we did. I we definitely <laughs> did. It was um, she just basically when I spoke to her, she just kind of looked at her like a spam a spat on her face. She was just like <laughs> shocked and she's confused and she just used to nod and say, like, "I could say something like I'm going to shoot you with a gun," and she just looked dead half and smile and nod. I think that's a blunter thing. Ah, no. <laughs> I was thinking Rather Hamilton, but anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, but, um, Hamilton. Hi, sorry. But um, I, she, originally she, she couldn't understand the word. Now, now I've got her saying Scottish words, so it's great. Have you ever been felt up by a big, sweaty wrestler from Stevenson? Uh, no, I've never. Right. Good. But I'm ready for it. Right, are you ready? Should we bring Aye. him in? I was I wasn't like jumping out of my bed excited this morning, but <laughs> since it's a man and it's his cell, then we'll see what happens. I don't know. Oh, let's get Grado in then, John. <laughs> so, as if by magic, Grado is here, and he's sitting next to our mystery guest on Who Are You, Grado. You need to ask some questions of our guest to try and work out who she is. And you're also she. allowed to touch him. <laughs> <laughs> right. To try and work it out. So over to you then. Right. Right, I'll have a few. What was that? No. It's not a woman. You got a big Jacob one. You got a big Jacob one there. Because you call it there. What the fuck? So I've just been. That baby, what is that? Was that what? Right, so he's a prick for a start. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hold on, does he. I don't know if I should be calling this guy a prick. Through the horns. Now, there's a wee clue there. And what? On, on, on one of the fingers, there's a, there's a wee clue. Married? Yes. Yes. Who do I know that's married? That doesn't narrow it down necessarily. Right, who done on it? Right, right. Mary, quite recently. Right, you got a bonnet on. 
What do you think of the beard? <laughs> you got a beard, eh? <laughs> I disliked my finger! Oh. I would have not liked that finger, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to end up with worms tomorrow? No, we'll, I'm kidding on. We'll, we'll uh, get you a tetanus. Right, hold on. Are you a football player? No. Wait, um, what, are, you, are you Scottish? Aye. <coughs> <laughs> what kind of accent's that? Is that a Glasgow accent? Close. He's from near Glasgow. Right, you're from near Glasgow, right? You're in the line of work, so you don't play football. It's not Ayrshire. It's no Ayrshire. It's not Dunbartonshire. You wear, <laughs> you wear jackets. Yeah. Are you a celebrity? No. He certainly is. He right, certainly so is. He is a celebrity, right? Uh, He's been seen by literally tens of millions on TV. Tens time. of millions on TV. So are you, not, are you on American telly? No. Are you on a soap? No. Are you, on, are you in the theatre? No, I'm We're not talking so. national I'm not, I'm television. Not the theater, Na- national television. Right. None of your Scottish nonsense. Right, so you're on the telly down south and all? Yep. Right. Uh, are you an actor? No. Are you a comic? No. Yeah. What are the highest rated shows on TV? You in X Factor? You in Fame Academy? X Factor. You were on the X Factor? You in X Factor? Eh, right. Fuck, you're not a McDonald brother, are you? Nah. Uh, uh, By the way, shout out to the McDonald Brothers. I was on the same flight as McDonald Brothers a couple of weeks ago. Shout that, out to them. That is like an Ayrshire celebrity. <laughs> this fella here is from Wishy. <coughs> Hold on. Did you, you win the X Factor in 2007? No. Nah. It's no Leon Jackson either. That's what I'm Leon Jackson. It's no Nicholas, is it? Nicky, fucking with you're too big to be him. You're too big to be Nicky McDonald, aren't you? <laughs> it's yourself. <laughs> well done. I go that. I go that. Oh, twenty five minutes. <laughs> Nicholas has just turned funny. forty. It took so long. Fuck well, you know, man. Hey, I'm actually quite proud. That is hilarious. That is. I can't believe I go you, man. God, that was a good one, wasn't it? That, that was, that was a good one. I managed to get it, and I was on a flight with the McDonald brothers. Did you kidding them? Nah. Do you know they Nothing was... related to me, no. Are you married? Where did you get married? Uh, here. Right. Just you... for invite. <laughs> but listen, hold on a minute. I want to sing with you, man. <laughs> Moan then. What's your song walking into the ring? Right, like a prayer, but that's <laughs> not good. No. Right, but hold on. The song that I always sing when I'm in karaoke is what's so all my pals always love me when I sing it. <clears throat> Ain't no sunshine when she's gone Ain't no darkness anyway Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away It's a bit I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We'll be here the next week. Wait, um, what is your favourite song to sing? I don't know. It can be miracles <laughs> when you believe. No, that I, no. See, I, Did no, I tell no. that story, John, on the podcast before no. when I went for a, when I went for a, I went for a, an audition a couple of months ago. If I never told Jesus. For what? I went, right, I went for an audition for this. It's my first <laughs> week. I know, I can't, I know, I know. It was for the National Theatre fucking thing in London. All my actor pals were like, hey man, this is heavy duty, this audition. 
So no messing about there. Um, Did you ever hear Sir Larry Olivier saying the National Fucking Theatre thing? <laughs> no, never. See, that's the way... Sir Alec Guinness. That's the way I'm on. I just gunned me myself, right? And so I had to gun and read a couple of scripts and it was all like, oh, okay, no, this kind of... Oh, that's Dramatic. Oh, I, oh, oh, the boat is sinking. Please save me, save me, right? But I had to read the script. Then they went and Titanic. said, look, then they said, then they said, can you sing a song for us? We need to... Can you... Can you you need to deliver a piece. I went, right, okay, right, okay. Give me two minutes. And I went, fuck it. I'll sing Leon Jackson's The Winner Song. So I'm like, stunning with my phone, right? Stunning with my Pulls phone. Pulls up the karaoke version on YouTube. I did. I went like edition. that. I stood in front of all these, like, you know, hoity-toity. Hello, Graham. Just stand over there. And just, you know, have a have a bash. Don't be scared, Graham. You relax, Graham. Relax, Graham. Relax, Graham. And I went like, <coughs> there can be miracles when you believe on the go oh, And then you get to that point. It was, it was basically... Right, Graham, that's enough. Thank we'll you be, for coming. We'll, we'll be in touch. Never Aye. fucking heard nothing. Nah, I wouldn't have phoned you back either. No, nah, I bet you wouldn't have. <laughs> you, you got any singles coming out? Nah, no, this year. Next year. Right, so, cool. Big album. Aye, uh, right. big album. Big number one. So listen, uh, Joe. <laughs> big mystery. What team do you support? Well, that's a funny one. Because when I was younger, I actually had a season ticket for both Celtic and Rangers. Oh, my God. Do you see, I really like that. I Honestly. I'm a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. I like the guys who played for Celtic and Rangers. But a guy who's had a season book for but both. Then, but then like the thing it. is, see, you now a lot of people ask me, because when I was on the show, there was a picture of me wearing the Rangers top that get put in the newspaper. And then me and Lisa Commons were the first to sit in every seat at Parkhead for Marie Curie. <clears throat> and we raised thirty thousand pounds for that. So, and did you play football when you were younger? I did. I loved. I loved playing it. And then actually, when I took my cardiac arrest playing ten, oh, doing what? I, I, oh, was this part of your hang with? Was this not, your, not with my sob Was it your? No, and because it was there was no, there was no sob story on Next Factor. Seriously, you never had one. No, nobody did or anything like that. No, no, nobody did. He's not. That's no. why I'm here today. No. So what happened when I'm on the show? <laughs> they well done, mate. That's they found out about it, and I wanted to get through my own merit, my own pride, and. No folk going, oh, I had to be he died last year and he's the biggest fan in the back of the phone out and vote for him. No, I oh, wanted to get through and actually say, do you know what, he's a decent singer. Uh, do you know what I mean? And, that was uh, and then when I come off the show, that's when it came out saying that I've got this life Ill, so illness and all that. What did that happen? How did you go? So I was playing football with my Wishy Wick on my football team, right. playing up in East Kilbride and I went to kick off a game and I fell. Mum fell to the ground. My mum and dad thought that somebody shot me at the trees because <laughs> I just went down like a sack of tatties. Really? Yeah. Can come up and they try to bring me back to life. And they You're joking long story you? short, ten cardiac arrest. Has he died? Died. I was it. Cold. I don't know remember. What I, happened. Can you remember? Nah, don't remember a hang. Never seen the Golden Gates. <laughs> but do you know what? I cannot Good believe Lord. that was never. But then, so. but then I get diagnosed with a heart condition called Long QT syndrome, which was in my genes. But I never knew that until I take the cardiac arrest and. I take a tablet every because basically my heart beats too fast. Propano? No, it's irregular. And what's that word? Irregular, irregular heartbeat. That's it. Right. But it like mine goes really fast. So my tablet. Especially when you're sitting next to the gradua. Aye. <laughs> 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 so because I'm getting it's nice and hot in here, I'm getting all steamy. It's buttocks. Aye. Even when I get tilt, you're filling me up. I had to take double the tablets this morning. <laughs> when you're 16, though. Yeah. Appearing on a stage. Yeah. Live on ITV. That X Factor's audience, what, 10 million? Aye, it's more than that, aye. It's close to that. Aye, come down. With a live audience, <laughs> Simon Cowell sitting there with a machine gun. Aye. And who, who was on the panel then? Uh, Louis? Louis, Gary Barlow, Sean Osborne, and Nicole Scherzinger. Oof, that's oh, even. What about a cat, man? What about a cat? 
Nicole's Baby, she's nice. Back on she's now. nicer in real life than she is in the telly. And how did you? Did, was it your group that did you go with her? Was that her? No, Louis Walsh is my uh, mentor. Now, this is where I always felt sorry for cunts that were on the X Factor, right? <laughs> you know, when it, what happened is, you know, right? If you go with Simon, you go to his house in LA. You go. Louis to Walsh sends you to Dublin. Dublin, no, I mean, I, I was just I'm, I think you'd be devastated. I nearly shot myself in the face. Uh, got yeah. to Gatwick Airport, and it's a big reveal. The golden envelope, and where all these folk are going to Los Angeles and going. Here and gone there. I packed the way I packed the day, jacket, jumpers, freezing outside, hat on. I get to Gatwick Airport, I'm like, ah, oh, here we go, open up this big gold envelope, open up the envelope. Here, we went to Saint Tropez in France. Oh, now you're talking, all right. <laughs> Thanks, Britain, <laughs> for me. Eight, eight snails and everything, class, aye. brilliant, aye. aye. But it wasn't his sister, so rented it out, don't aye. be kidding. Do you still yeah. keep in contact with all these? Aye, people for the show, aye, but none of the, none of the judges, no. Where? Tell me this, who's the most famous person, the judges line up something else, but who's the most famous person you've met since you became a superstar? Apart from Grado. <laughs> Apart from Grado. Back in 2013. That's when it was, mate. Uh, I don't know, probably, I'd say I've met probably four really famous, would be Celine Dion, cool. Michael Bublé, Oof. Ed Sheeran and Elton John. Who's Who was the biggest widow? Who was the biggest, biggest arsehole? Arsehole. Gary Barlow. Really? He was a judge on it and he no. was an arse eye. He's got the same birthdays, man. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> really? Unlucky. Is it? See the amount of people I meet, like women that. going, oh, I remember you were on the show. Gary Barlow's one that I love him, love take that and I go. Robbie Williams is one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Really? But Gary Barlow was, Tell me about was so hand. ignorant. Really? He was just an arse. Follow yourself. But see, when you were on stage with all that pressure, did they have to monitor your heart? Aye, what actually time? happened is I get th when I get through, when I got to the judges' houses, I thought to myself, right, there's like 95 people auditioned here, 95,000. It got down to six boys and only three can go through the live shows. I was at the judges' house, he said to myself, if I don't get through here, I'm never doing it again. So I ended up going through, but this is a story I've never ever told. An exclusive for you, for you too, for the, for the podcast. So what on. happened was, was um, the producer, you know what it's like TV, the producers have a big say in what kind of happens, especially a t TV show at The X Factor. And the producers didn't want to put me through because of the health risk in my heart, because like, anger, heart, anxiety, sudden alarm, all this can set off my heart. Basically, if I fart too loud, my heart can probably stop. <laughs> it's never happened, but we'll try and see, we'll see what happens, but anyway. Um, so the producers actually says to Louis, you cannot put Nicholas through, just for the health and safety reasons. Casey farts, Casey lets ass. Aye, basically. And then Louis mm. turned around and says, Louis went against his will and against him and says, I'm really sorry, but I can't send him home. That's and, brilliant. And put me through. They sent me a cardiologist two days later and back in London, a specialist and all that. They checked my heart saying, he has got it. Nothing's happened since the cardiac arrest. And just just keep keep an eye on him and he's fine. And they gave him the go-ahead and they get through to the live shows. But I was already through, wow. but they sent me the cardiologist to make sure I was fine. And the producers were like to Louis, not not kind of put him through. And Louis's like, I need to do it. Brilliant. So he believed in me, which is great. Because if it was any other judge, they'd just be like, ah, right, okay, we'll pick some dogs. Who, uh, did you not get to the live final? Aye, the final, aye, in aye. Wembley. Runner-up? Aye, So up. you were the runner-up, aye. So how did that feel when you came second? Was you gutted or was you just glad to be there, basically? No, in a final, I, I was saying earlier on, like, when I went on that show, I signed up for it, I never ever thought I'd even get, get an email back saying gone for audition. Do you know what I mean? I was 17. So when I done it, I never had any expectations, never had any goals. And when I got to the final, I was like... Don't know what I, I when I even got to the live shows first week of the live shows I was like this is way beyond what I expected just enjoy the rest of it and it never even turned into a competition it just felt like enjoyment I was out of school I was living in a big house in London <coughs> I was right. on the X Factor and I was seventeen it was great life living couldn't have gotten any better aye 
Nicholas, it's been great to see you. Thank you very much for being felt up. Oh, I enjoyed it. It was great. Thanks some, for some folk would pay for that, David. <laughs> <laughs> it's a niche market, but I, listen, I'm in. I'm in. One last question before you go. Who's going to win the Scottish Premiership this season? There's a wee hand grenade from there, Grado. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll play it safe. And I, and say I'll, Rangers or Celtic. <laughs> or, and I'll just say Motherwell, just purely because I love Well, Motherwell, David, we've They're spoken about it. They're doing all right. They're doing all bad. They're doing all bad. Have you never done a half-time draw at Motherwell? No. Nah. Did you do it at Parkade? Uh, I don't know. I think I've done it at Ibrooks. Did you do it at Ibrooks? You. And they knew you were a Celtic season ticket. Oh, they'll oh, hear me. Come on, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been great to have you on the show, and it? That was good, man. I like that. Like you got as well. Who, 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 See your up? iPad, you want to sign that and I can take that him. No, no, that's kept, mate. No, you can't get that. I'll give you a sign 40, but don't worry. <laughs> right, David, we've got a part of the show called Who Knows Wins, right? Who Knows Wins, mm-hmm. it's the home of social betting and they're changing the culture of gambling. We've been doing it for the last couple of, couple of weeks and it's you really good. You know I listen good. every week, by the way. Ah, I know that you do. Do you actually? I feel, I feel like you're insulting me. Well, have you listened to the Who Knows Wins bit? It's very popular yeah. with the punters. My brother gets involved. People in my group chats and WhatsApp get involved. Basically, bookies have been taking out the equation. Uh, you're, bait, you're baiting against your mates. That's basically the idea. Of it. You download the app on the App Store or Google Play. Um, it's at www.whonowswins.com. You set up a league, and that's oh. what we're doing this weekend. Right. You put down an entry free. Say it's a fiver. You choose the matches that you want to get involved in. You involve all your mates and then you predict the outcome of the games. The person with the most correct predictions wins a pot of money. And it's getting bigger every week, David. Every week there's a bigger pot of money. And the closest guy with the closest correct predictions wins the money. So it is exciting and there's no bookies involved. So you can also join preset public leagues with larger pots of money. So you don't need to compete with your pals if you find somebody down south has maybe got a league set up you can join that as well and you can compete against them so it's all over the UK so get involved as I say on Apple or Google Play type in who knows wins this week we've picked the six games across the Scottish League for your chance to win and uh, entry fees a fiver so David boy it's just a fiver fling a fiver in and the games are Livingston Hearts St Johnson Hampton Dundee United Dunfermline Morton and Inverness Cali in the championship. Get on, Morton. Go on yourself, Morton. Rafe Rovers versus East Fife in League One. And, and, we've got, from the Scottish Cup, Penny Cook versus Stenny. Penny Cook. Penny Cook. So that is going to be involved in this week's Who Knows Wins.com competition. Honestly, if you've no heard it, get on it. It's only a fiver if you want to play it. And at the end of the weekend, there's your drinking money sorted. Although we can't be promoting gambling or... No, we are promoting gambling, I suppose. But we can't promote drinking and gambling. Would that be probably unethical? Who knows? Either way, get what your ass drinking, from... gambling and masturbating? Masturbating is fine, just not in planes. <coughs> Good Lord, look who's here. It's our footballing guest of the day. A player who is widely, widely respected, much loved by teams right across the country. He's played for Aberdeen, League Cup winner. Dundee United about 45 times yep <laughs> and of course Celtic it is the one and only Willow Flood Willow good to see you pal good to see us listen <laughs> tell me this what? this guy is a hard hard player I know Was he, are you surprised that he's not taller ah you're, you're everyone says you're, that you're, you're very miniature yeah I know very, and, and, but do you know what you look like a Willow yep. there's not many people called Willow is Willow short for something William is that, is that, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't see that coming. 
No, but so what happened to Wally Willie? or Billy or Liam? I think it it just because my dad's name was William and they called him Willie. Right. So they just called me Willow. But Willow. Were you named after Willow the Wisp? No. Everyone yeah. says that as well. That's disappointing. That is disappointing. Do you know any other Willows? Mark Wilson. They call him Willow, yes, but he's not right. a real Willow. Yeah, of course, right. of course. When I found out, well, we're interviewing Willow, the first thing that came to my mind was, I want to know about the time Man City, oh. right, yeah. are struggling in a game, Stuart Pierce is a the manager, they've got a £5 million strike on the bench, and they fling a, a, an outfield tap to David James and he comes on as a sub. Were you part of Man City that time? Yeah, I was actually 19th man, so I just sat on the bench that day, and uh, I remember there was a kit man at the time, Les Chapman, he had David James an outfield jersey, and I said to him, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with that? <laughs> And he goes, oh, the gaffer told me you need to bring it onto the bench. He said, what? So we were, it was us at Middlesbrough to qualify for Europe at mm-hmm. the time. And it was like 15 minutes ago when he says to big Nicky Weaver, get one big man. And he goes, oh, is Jamo struggling? He's like, no, no. So then fucking five minutes later, he brings Nicky on and gave the big man his, uh, his jersey for going up top. He was like a fish out of water. Aye. And to be fair, and John Mack- in training. You and as soon as he brought him on, big John Macken was sitting beside me and goes, fuck me, that's me out here. <laughs> 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 I'm not surprised. But to be fair... I thought you were going to say put you in goal. I know, that's, to be fair, that's all Percy was shorted down at the time. He was trying everything. How was he as a manager? He was actually quite quiet, you know. Really? No. Yeah, like, mm. I expected did he, him. Did he not play... I had a series at Forest. He used to put all the kind of all that dreadful punk music. He used to He's play mad into all that punk music, yeah, the rock and stuff. Did he do that for the when he was a manager as well? No, he just used to let the lads deal with the music and stuff. Right, but okay. as a manager, he was quite thoughtful. But he wasn't really one that would go out and start battling that. Like he surprised me that he never done that at the time. Would you fancy a square go with him? No, <laughs> that's for sure. Do you know what? He was good to the kids at the time and stuff. He. He obviously patched me off. I said, he's so fuck him. We're with Willow on that one. 100%, mate. Listen, tell us about the big names at Man City when you were coming through there because, I mean, the managers uh, alone were, were all really famous names. So, you know, what are your memories? When I first went over, it was Joe Royal at the time. And uh, I think we got promoted to the, uh, to the Premier League and then he, his first signing was like George Wyatt or something like that. <laughs> I remember George Weyer had his own boots at, at the time. They were just called Weyer, black boots. The, all the lads thought they were the bollocks, obviously, at the time. <laughs> and then that, President Weyer, To be course, fair, there was a idea. drinking culture a bit at the, at the club at that time. And I always remember that kind of came over then as soon as Kevin Keegan came in and he got rid of everyone that was in the drinking culture and brought in proper quality players. And like his first or second signing was like a Nelka or something like that. Ali Benabia, we had... How 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 does a how does a manager like Keegan put a stop to drinking culture? Does he just come in one day and go right troops? They just seem to do it over time, you know. They just Aye. the players the they actually the players that they like they'll try say to them, listen, because Richard Dunn at the time like never was kind of in and out with Keegan's and he used to play with us in the reserves and Dunny was the best player at the club I thought at the time, mm-hmm. but then he got rid of people that probably. Well, bad for Dunny at the time, and then Dunny, be, Dunny got like five or six player of the years in a row at Man City. Wow. Because Fergie did that at Manchester United when he arrived. He looked at the, the boozers and said, right, I can get rid of them, but the biggest boozer of the lot, I need. And that was Brian Robson. 
Right. So that's that's how the good managers do it. Yeah. And then they surround them with uh, angels like yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know? But they say, I remember reading the stories about Brian Clough, how every Friday night before the games on a Saturday, he would get all the boys run 16 half pints at the hotel the night before the game. There you go, have your whack, settle you for the, for, for the next day's game. Does that ever appear at all now in football? No, like, no. Like nowhere. I, I know the lads are, uh, there's a few lads that are now at Borton Albion and I think they trained on Christmas Day and they had to have a shot of whiskey before they went out to train for Christmas Day, I think it was, and they had a game Boxing Day, but that's the only time I've ever, I've ever heard Bertie of it. Bertie Votes did it. He brought out, they all had a pint before the game. Um, yeah. The night before the game. Whereas uh, those of us watching it or covering it <laughs> required drinking Aye. to watch the games. Yeah, that's yeah, the last time I've heard that. Like that Adam Rowney used to have a strange, like, we were at Aberdeen, they used to give him, like, Baileys before it. So the night before a game, <laughs> the one of the, I think it was the physio used to bring really? up a Baileys to him. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? A Baileys and Terry's chocolate orange the night before a game. <laughs> strange, like. A dream double. Yeah. Aye. Didn't Lorenzo Amoruso get hooked on... Uh, Bailey's Irish cream when he did was he, Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Did he? Yeah, he was knocking back tons of the stuff. What, what half time and stuff like that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> During injuries. <laughs> During injuries. Now listen, who's the best player you played in, uh, played with in your your career? You mentioned Nicholas and Elkin. Probably be there him. There was no dud. Yeah, he was probably the best boy in my life. Like if he actually fancied that he could have been up there with the world's best at the time. Yeah, that's interesting. You say if he fancied it. Mm-hmm. He always looked to me like a guy. People say he didn't bother his arse, but I'm aware of the fact that that looks can be deceptive. Yeah. You know, as I actually got on really well with him. He was really good to me and another friend of mine, Paddy McCarthy. We were only kids at the time coming through our city, and he always come over, have a bit of banter. He thought we were quite funny. He probably thought we were shit, but he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Uh, he always had. He always had a lot of time for the kids. To be fair, well, that's good. And when he turned, when he, in training. He was unbelievable at times, like, unbelievable. And I always remember his last day as well. When he wanted to go, he made sure he went, like, because mm. we'd we done it like a, a 3v3, 4v4 uh, possession game, and then we went into small-sided games, and we went into a 3v3. It was me, me mate, and an Elka on the same team, and he, he just never really bothered his ass. and Kevin Keegan went absolutely mental, and next day he signed for Fenerbahce, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? It was, this, it was, it was as quick decision. as that, yeah. Wow. Uh, now, what was Kevin Keegan like? I've met him, and he's a really charming guy. But there's always that we thought that he might not be everyone's cup of tea. Do you know what? He was good to me as a kid. He gave me my debut. He actually pulled me in on a Monday, and he, he told me he was going to uh, get the club to sort out flights for my mum and dad, and he brought them over on the Monday, and they... They put him in a hotel and straight after the game, he, he went to meet me mum and dad. He had a lot of time for people, I thought. He was a people's person. Yeah. For me, he was infectious. He was good on the training pitch. He, he wasn't, he didn't do much tactic stuff, but it was all like small-sided games, a lot of shooting drills, and he just had plenty of enthusiasm for me on the training pitch. And I always, I always quite liked him, you know. Was there a manager in your career that you just weren't having? Yeah... Don't be fear. Don't be fear. Like I just thought, like for me, you be should be honest for players. Just be honest with players, and I never thought Tony Mowbray was honest with me. (gasps) When you were at Celtic, yeah, because I could. I was. I was going back to Dundee United again for probably the fifth time when I was at Celtic after six months, and we agreed everything. I was going back, and I came on against Arsenal in the Champions League and done okay. And then he said at the time that I couldn't. uh, 
He said at the time I could go alone, but then after that game, he said I wasn't allowed to go alone. But nothing had really changed, you know what I mean? If a manager fancies you, they fancy If they don't, they don't. So mm. then that, that's interesting then. So you had that feeling with Mowbray. You go to Middlesbrough at a point in your career and Strachan's a the manager. Then Mowbray ends up the manager. I know. <laughs> <laughs> How were you feeling then? Did you, th- had, you, had you improved between leaving Celtic under Mowbray and... The, the time when Mowbray arrived at Middlesbrough. No, I I, I hadn't improved because I went to Celt, I went to Middlesbrough and played the four side games and was doing quite well at the time. And then I I done my knee, yeah. and then I came back the following pre season and done my other knee. So I definitely didn't improve because I was out of football for oh, eight, yeah. seven eight months. So Mowbray came in and he said, "Listen, I know you started really well at Middlesbrough, but, but we're going to give you a fair crack at the whip when you come back fit, lawyers." <laughs> 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 but. He just brought me on as a striker and stuff, and he, yeah, he just didn't fancy me. Like it's no, it's no problem. Like I mean, yeah. I'd rather a manager come into you and say, "Listen, I don't fancy. You. I think you're shit or whatever." Mm. Just be blunt and be honest with players. I remember when Moga was the manager of Celtic. Andy Walker and I met him in the dugout at St John'son. I remember it was over yesterday, and Andy said, "How you getting on?" And they'd played together. And I, uh, Tony had lived next to me in Edinburgh when he was at Hibs, so I kind of got to him a wee bit, a wee bit. He was quite a yeah. closed-off kind of guy. And he said, oh, I'm not enjoying it at all. I'm not enjoying my manager of Celtic. And Andy laughed, said, hey, seriously. He said, no, no, I'm not enjoying the job. Did that come across to the players that he, he didn't like it? I mean, that was very early on, did you say? Yeah, that? I, I could tell after probably two months or something that he wishes he stayed in England. Like, you know I mean, I didn't think he enjoyed Scottish football, but that was strange mm. because he had played up here, so he knew. He's a mm. door for the Celtic. Yeah, fans. yeah. He's guy, he invented the, the Hubble at oh. Celtic. Is that right? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Great. No, that would not. Really but. nice man. Yeah. But Do you could sense that after after being up here for two months, he never really. I didn't think he overly respected the Scottish game at the time because we, we played a cup game and we played those that hadn't been playing. It was me, Paddy McCourt and a few others and we beat them 5-0. And he says, oh, these are shit. These, if these were down in England and they were playing against Plymouth, Plymouth would beat them 10-0, whatever it was. And then they put out his proper team a month or two later and we got beat by full kick. Yeah. You know I mean? So it wasn't. You don't feel that he was out his depth at Celtic. You just feel he that he definitely wasn't out of his depth because he was good on the game and stuff like that. I just didn't think he he overly enjoyed Scottish football. I think he just preferred English football. From what you heard, did the players put the tools away on 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 Tony? I just think any manager that gets sacked, like players, just lose confidence and stuff like that, and they don't really believe in the manager. I don't think they down tools. It's not an intentional thing. It's like any manager that gets sacked. Like I mean, I don't think players do it intentionally when they, when a manager gets sacked, they just start getting pissed off with the training or they get pissed off with the way he does things and stuff like that. It's just a, it's what they do, and they just feel like you look at the team and they look as if they've lost energy. Whereas a new manager comes in a week later, they look like a totally different team altogether. Was there any players in that Celtic uh, dressing room that kind of was like they wanted to stand up to Mowbray and say this isn't working out? Come on. I'm sure You need to get a grip here, Mowbray. Was it MD that, that, that. I'm sure that would have been. Like, I was out. Because I wasn't playing, I was just like, fucking get me out of here if I'm being honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, whereas I'm sure there would have been people like. Like, people that had a bit about them, like Gary Caldwell and Barry Robson and Stephen McManus and Scotty McDonald. Like, I mean, but he probably would have told Scotty McDonald to shut up. You know what I mean? Scotty loves him on. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure he would have spoke, you know what I mean? Because he. 
he kept people close to him, a few people close to him. Tell me about the the manager who has been the most important in your career. There's probably a couple along the way, you know. Um, obviously, Kevin Keegan, because he gives you a chance in football. You'll always, without him, you probably wouldn't be where you are. Decent. Mm-hmm. And then you get you get someone like Craig Levine, who probably me career like a left man city. I went went to Cardiff and I was kind of in and out, and I wasn't really playing. And then Craig Levine brought me, and then I got my career back on track again. And then I just I just enjoyed that was the first time in my career that I'd actually played football, like you know what I mean, at twenty one, twenty two. So they say that the kids nowadays, until you actually play first team football, you don't know how good they are. So the quicker they get first team football, the better. So then he was a massive influence. Then playing obviously under Strachan, who I had a lot, a lot of time for, like on the training pitch, he's the best I've seen. Really, would he get right involved? Yeah, proper enthusiastic. Would always try and make the individual better within the session. Aye. All he wanted to do was all he wanted players who cared and wanted to be better. That's all he wanted, and then he could work with them. Aye, a good man manager. Yeah. Aye. I had a lot of time for him, and then obviously I came back to uh, to Dundee United under Peter Houston, who who I had a lot of time for, and then obviously. I three good years on that Dell, like at Aberdeen, and Dell is a top manager for me. What are Derek McInnes's strengths? Is he a he's a great coach man. or a man manager or both? He he lets Doc take most of the stuff, but when it comes to team shape, Dell will take it. And then man, his man management for me is the best. And really? one thing he always does is make sure everything's done for his players. He always wants the best for his players. So one thing, but what he'll always do is. When they go on that train, when they go onto that pitch on a Saturday, there's no excuses. You know, he's gave you every little detail that you need. He spoke to who he needs to speak to, and then on a Saturday, it's up to the players to go and do the business. Were you surprised that he turned in the Rangers' job? <laughs> Were you laughing at? Always back to the Rangers. Because <laughs> this is interesting here, because you know people will say, you know, well, obviously you you read stuff, you know, that, uh, you know, he bottled it, he didn't want it, but then if you're sitting there telling me that he was such a good coach, he was a great man manager, he, he, he knew what he wanted for his players, then why does somebody let him turn down a job like that, especially a club that he grew up supporting? Yeah, yeah. If the, maybe that was just, see at Aberdeen, like, whatever happened in Aberdeen, he, like, whatever coming and goings, whether it be players in and out, players... Maybe the budget wasn't right. Whatever it was, that's it just, what I think it's cool. Do you think David it just came to, uh, unless it was a hundred percent right for him? He ain't gonna make the same mistake that he made at Bristol City. Mm-hmm. So he had a secure job at Aberdeen. So he ain't gonna leave a secure job where he's been successful to go into the goldfish bowl of the In old last firm. Six months. If it doesn't, if he doesn't get the back and he deserves, he's got that relationship with Aberdeen now. He's he cemented R- his place. I yeah, feel. Russell so. Anderson said to me, he said he's bomb proof after the league. Bomb proof. What was the League Cup? What was it like winning a trophy with Aberdeen? Because, I mean, that was... That like, was you didn't realise how big it was, to be fair. You know, because we were, we were second in the league. We were in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup. Realistically, we should have d- finished second in the league and could have done the double if we had got... The squad was a bit... bit for me, it was numbers-wise. We'd about 14, 15 players that we'd really rely on. Yeah, We were short of numbers. Um but then the cup final, like it was a strange atmosphere with forty five thousand. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Celtic Park. Yeah. Like for me it's much better cup finals uh whether you play the Maroi Brock, Celtic Park rather than Hamden. For me the atmosphere at Hamden's nowhere near as good as There's so many players say that, didn't you, David? It's, Do you know what though? Atmosphere. You love you love Hampton, don't you? I love Hamden. Do you? And atmosphere is about people. Yeah. 
you know, you, you know, you either make a noise, you don't. Uh, but I remember the cup final we had with Dundee United when we got robbed against Rangers. Remember in the league cup final? Yeah. Was that yeah. the one? Was that two one? Boyde? Was that right? Yeah, two all. Yeah, and then you was beat us on pens. Yes, that was a great day. Yeah, but. <laughs> Do you remember what? Like, try, try and be at least a little bit. The atmosphere that no, day, no. I thought was decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we, I think exactly. that the big thing for that for Dundee United was obviously Eddie Thompson and stuff like that. You know. Ah, uh, that was that. That was that. that, yeah, that yeah. Year went to aye, because yeah. it was it was only a matter of days, wasn't it? Yeah, I like he, 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 he just went not long after that aye, cup aye, aye. and stuff. I remember meeting him that day, and I almost didn't recognise him because of the yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the League Cup final, Aberdeen and Vaness. Shit game, wasn't it? Aye, I was trying to think about. I, I think you missed it. We have saying that. I don't think I watched it. And do you know? Do you know who I was sitting next to in the crowd that day? Tell us. One of your players now is an agent. You're an agent now, Peter Pollitt. Right. If he had played, I think it'd have been a different game. If him and Johnny Hayes comes off after a couple of minutes, yeah. If yeah. we had them two in their team, like that's what I'm saying. We were short the numbers really. That Aberdeen team and. Our whole thing back in them was Pete in the 10, Noel off the right, Johnny off the left. We plenty of pace, yeah. you know, we plenty of creativity and we took two out, like, you know, when it was hard to replace them. Yeah. So we just, you know what, we won and we won on the day. We were shit. It was a <laughs> shit game. But no one cares, like, no one remembers the game, you know Correct. what I mean? See, can I ask you something, right? I know you probably get asked this and every old firm player will get asked it, but the atmosphere in an old firm... Can you explain it? I know it's the most generic question to ask an old firm player, but we all like to know. Everybody's got their different takes on it. Well, this man made his debut in the old firm yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. That's right, you made your debut. Did you Did you play for the start? Yeah, Scott McDonald missed the header from two yards out, do you remember? Wait, I'm trying to remember. It was, it wait, was, it was a shit game. What game was it? In the lol. It was shit, yeah. <laughs> the lol. Did you shit yourself, be honest? To be fair, I never knew what he was playing, to be fair. So what happened was Barry Robson was supposed to play and then uh, Robbo was struggling with his groin at the time and uh, Strachan, the day of the game, I went down for breakfast and Strachan pulled me and just said, listen, Willow, we're, uh, you're going to play. Show yourself. Cry. You get nervous, like, uh, I mean, you, but because he's told you in the morning of the game, it would have been an early kickoff, so you don't really have that much time to think about it. That's what always gets to me as well, David, when you think of old firm games... They're played at that, that time of day. It must be a weird, you know, because obviously it's a Saturday night, the night before you're, you must struggle to get to sleep because it's a big game. And then you're up at the crack of farts. Yeah. You're going some straight. lads are okay. Like some uh, lads fucking don't even care. They just go out. I was one of these where it was a pre-season game. I was the biggest game. I'd have two or three shits before a game. It was just some people react different to games you know you say you're good free shits yeah that's funny because <laughs> you know that i no, no that that is good to know because i mean like when I, was, when I was filming two doors down right i needed a good hour before i went on set yeah to get my shites in because i day need i need a good i need a good 45 to an hour to get everything um, ready for the day you the same yeah Aye. But that was, I think that was just nerves for me. It wasn't nerves right. for you, was it? No, it means it's yeah. probably the match <laughs> the pies for the night before, but I. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. I didn't get this with Neil McCann, Willow. Yeah. <laughs> Willow, would you ever like to get into um, presenting and doing a wee bit of the media? They wouldn't understand me. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's Listen, never. Have you never. You've not got into management, you've gone down the agency. Yeah, route. like. Why, why is that? 
probably just because when I went over to Bali and the thing went tits up over there, I just came back and because I was coaching at Dundee United for about two years while I was playing there, I was coaching the academy for about two years and I enjoyed it. And then just you come back and you think, right, what do I need? I need to do something. You need to get out of the house, you know. So um, I was either they were waiting, wait for a coaching job to come up in the academy again, or they were going to the agency game. And I was always quite close with me old age and stuff like that. So I just I've decided to go down the agency route and try help young lads, like you know, try nurture them and. Who have you got in your stable? I've got a few, to be fair. I've got a few. Uh, Graham Shinney, obviously, at Derby. And oh. But see, Willow, let me ask you this. This is an interesting thing, I would suggest. What does an agent do Monday to Friday? You say you want to get out of the house. What are you doing? You are you taking your laptop down to Costa? No, no. no. Sit email. You count their money, Credo. Aye, that and all. Oh, I but don't what, have any of that. But what, is, what, what do you Basically, as Basically, you're on the phone all the time constantly. You're speaking to people. You're going to games all the time. It depends what type of agent you are. Like, I'm only starting now. So I was, yesterday I was at Croatia, Iceland. And then I went to uh, Scotland after that. And then in between that, I went to the reserve game between Hearts and Hibs. And what's that? Are you doing? You're looking after your players. I'm just now. Sometimes you're just watching games to see if you can pick up a player, or you know, someone that you think has got a right. chance. And what about? What do you get any complaints for football players? Like, right, you know, I need to phone my agent. What's that kind of typical phone call for a player saying, "I'm not happy with this"? Is it something to do? Yeah, with? yeah. If a boy is not playing, he won't be happy. Right. You know what I mean? So then he'll ask you, "What do you think? Do you think I should go and see the manager?" And I'm like, well, "Listen, it's a bit early for that. Have you been out of the team for right. a few?" If you've been back coming back from injury, you'll be pissed off. Sometimes you need to just tell them, listen, sometimes you need to go in and just speak to the manager yourself. Aye. What do you make of uh, agents in the game that have no football background? And they come in and... I find that strange, if I'm being honest. Uh, they'll obviously help with the negotiation part, but really, the player is doing the business, so the negotiation part is probably the easy bit, if I'm being mm -hmm. honest. The hard bit is actually getting them there, getting them, especially with young lads, you want to get them to the right pathway that they can go and be like millionaires you know what I mean you want them to go and get to that where they go and play games like people like John McGinn and Kenny McLean have done the groundwork at a young age and there wouldn't have been much money in them kids at that stage but because they played and they learned their trade in Scotland then they go to England and they earn the serious money so as an agent are you out there trying to find the next John McGinn so you think yeah, yeah, you're you, find, obviously you want to find a player where you go, all right, fuck's sake, man. Yeah. Maybe get a, wee, get a good turn here. Get yeah, you want down someone south. that you think that. You can buy another house. Yeah, you want someone that you see a 15, 16 year old, you think, you know what, he's got a chance long term, he's Aye. got good ability, he's got the right attitude, he's at a right club where he's going to get a chance. But then sometimes you want them to stay at a certain club, and sometimes the kid and the parent might want them to go to England at a, at a young age. We need, to, we need to talk about I think you could still be playing. I know. That's Looking what I at you. People say that. You? I probably could still play, but you know what? I just think. So why did I, you chuck well, it? I chucked it basically because when the Bali thing went hits up, I came back and I just I had probably lost me fucking hunger if I'm being honest. Because even I went back to Dundee United from Aberdeen, it wasn't the same club that I was used to when I was there before. Yeah. And I think the whole pressure of trying to get us back up and it just fucking drained me if I'm being uh, honest. And yeah, yeah. On that Shabalazlo, like I didn't enjoy it at all. Like, I mean, is he a nice guy? Nice fella, but just fucking clueless. Just drained me. I'm being really? honest, like just drained. Was me. he as bonkers as as? Well, some of his his meetings were alleged. mental. Like, yeah, yeah. His meals. His meetings. He'd have a meeting every day before right, training. His fucking meals. I'm going. Yeah. What was his meetings? Uh, his meetings were fucking mental. Like, I mean, 
Absolute mental, but, like he would. But, but did he just go on and on? Just went on, like so. The meeting would we'd have a meeting before training, and it could be ten, fifteen minutes, or it could be sixty minutes, seventy minutes. He just mm-hmm. fucking didn't know. Almost as long as the game itself. Yeah. So and at what point do footballers tune out of of meetings? Oh, I can see lads like we had a talented boy in the team, a boy called Scott Fraser at the time. So Scott Fraser, if he doesn't, you give him 10, 10 seconds and that's it, he switches off and I'd be looking over at him and he'd be like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, fucking hell, like, they just switch off. Like, I mean, sometimes people can talk too much. Like, I remember when I was at City as a kid, we had a decent academy with about 20-odd boys played in the first team and I never remember getting overcoached. Whereas I go and watch so many coaches nowadays, I'm thinking, fuck me, will you just let the session go? Like, it's not uh, about you. Aye. Uh, so tell us what happened with that whole situation with Ballet and Dunfermline. Basically, <laughs> I, I was in at Dunfermline, I trained like I trained a couple of days and I got a Dutch agent rang me and said, uh, we've got an offer in Bali. Well, it was good money and it was good lifestyle and it was just something that I fancied, if I'm being honest. And then mm. I was embarrassed, obviously, going into Alan Johnson, the Dunfermline manager, who was actually really good to me. I actually enjoyed his training for the first fucking... Three hours. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I was with Shabba and I didn't enjoy Shabba's training, so I went back to fucking hell, this is, this is decent. Mm-hmm. And then I got the offer from Bali and it was just too good an opportunity to tone down at my age. It was just something totally different. And Out the blue as well. Good lifestyle and, you know what I mean? So I just basically went into him and said, listen, Gaffer, we've got a, we had a clause in my contract that if something foreign came up that I could go. And something came up, so I just went into him and said, listen, it's an opportunity for me. I can't tone it down at my age. And he's like, fucking hell, well, you're killing me. Like, you know I mean? Because I had agreed a deal early, and I felt like I felt like a bit of a dick, if I'm being honest. But Business. It was just something that I fancied, you know what I mean? And then uh, I went over there. I was over there three days. Uh, crashed a scooter twice, nearly killed myself. <laughs> Dummy medical, uh, as you do. Yeah, dummy medical passed that was fine. Trained with the team twice, and then the agent that brought me over there just says, "Oh, I've got some bad news." And I said, "Cause the missus and the little fella had come over for three weeks. They just arrived, and uh, I said, "What's up?" And he just says, "Oh, the contract's void." And I said, "What the fuck?" And he goes, "Basically, that uh, you had to come from the Scottish Premiership to sign for Bali." That's insane. Yeah. So then you're then left without a club. Yeah. How did you feel when you when you heard that news at first? What was your gut reaction? Aye. I just thought, you know, to be fair, I thought, you know what, to the feminine fans, you'd be thinking, that fucking shows you you can't because... Right. <laughs> That's what you yeah. get. Yeah. Those are get. the exact words that they would have said. I would exactly, yeah, exactly. yeah. What, Go to your what, face, what, but... Looking what? back on it, what, what was it that Bally offered you that... And Fairman didn't. Just a totally like son lifestyle and culture, yeah. and it was totally like you. You're trying at like eight o'clock in the morning, and what was the scoff like? Field was nice, place huh? was nice, beaches were nice, everything was nice. You know. Did you feel? I mean, you, you've been caught. They've pulled your pants down on that one, yeah. to use a football expression. How did you feel then when you were hit, when you left it for the last time heading, you know, how long's the journey to Bali? It takes about 12 hours or something, 14 did hours. Did you fly first class? No, they flew me first class over and fucking... Ah, the made a Middle yeah. seat. Yeah. You were the chickens? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? So, so did, I mean, was that as low as you felt? Well, I didn't really feel low, like, you know, I'm sure there's fucking people, and like, my thing was, everything happens for a reason, it was just wasn't meant to be, yeah. you know, so, yeah. 
gosh. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't as if you're fucking scraping for your last dollar. So I, it didn't. There's people in worse off situations than me, you know. And I always thought to myself, you know what? You've given football a good crack, but like, you've been there since you were 15 year old. So yeah. what will be will be like. Aye. And Aye. I played for a fucking a club that I supported, uh, Celtic. I played in the Premier League. I played in the Scottish Premier League. So. I'd achieved more than I ever thought I would. I thought you should have played for Ireland. Yeah, so do I. I thought you did. <laughs> I thought you did. I thought I should have got at least a cap. Like, obviously, when I was when I was doing well at Man City at the time, when I was doing well at Dundee United at the time, before I got the move to Celtic, then there was talk of it, and it just never happened, you know. Um, Who was to blame? Brian Kerr was the manager at the time, so he was to blame. He, he fucking gave some shy players caps, but he never gave me a cap. <laughs> What was it like to play for your boyhood heroes? Do you know what? It was It was an unbelievable achievement because I thought, you know what, I've got there, but then I never really felt I got there because I never played as much. So then I, I actually realised, I actually probably wish I never went there, if you know what I mean, really? because I'd never played. Right. Football, I ain't happy. To be fair, some footballers are happy, but I was never happy until I played games. So you never really felt part of it until you played games and... Even though I was there and I played a little bit, I never really felt part of it. Right. What was that Celtic dressing room like at the time? Right? You've got big characters, like big, uh, the Holy Goalie, Arthur Boric. Yeah, we had, there was plenty of talent. There was McGeady, Scott McDonald, Sean Maloney, Nakamura. Like, there was plenty of boys. Who plenty were, of winners in that yeah, squad, weren't yeah. there? Obviously, we didn't win the leg that year, but I think that was the last time Rangers won the leg, was it? 2011. 2011. It was 2011, all right, yeah. calm down. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like, obviously, it was some big characters, big players, but I just never really felt part of it because I never played as much. And Aye. I wish, I'll probably, back if I could turn back time, I probably should have just said it, don't you know, yeah. Mm, really? Because well, the money, the money... The, the pressure's the pressure is really high at Celtic. Did that sometimes reflect... The pressure didn't bother me because I never... in the dressing room or on the training ground? Yeah, we had a few little, like, like obviously McGeady and uh, Arthur had a bit of a fallout and stuff like that, but there wasn't... Were they rolling just, about the flare? No, no, no. They, they were rolling about in the shower, yeah, but... Trying, <laughs> were they really? Trying to fight each other. Were they bossing on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Have you ever that happens that before? No, that <laughs> happens at every club. Aye, Sweat, fucking swinging punches with yeah, your like an and your the fo- Yeah, there's an argument. Aye, I can imagine it. Not with the balls hanging out, like, you know. <laughs> it's a bit rich yeah. coming from a wrestler who wins his money in trunks. Listen, um, going to Aberdeen, uh, it's a big game this weekend, of course, to your ex-clubs going head-to-head. Um, did Johnny Hayes give Aberdeen the X-Factor when you were there? Yeah, like, we had a few at the time, like, we'd... Pete Pollard was on fire that year, like, oh. Pete got player of the year that year, and then we had uh, Noel who was flying. Do you know what we did? Uh, and Adam, to be fair, Adam was one of them that if he got the ball in the box, he scored. Aye. Don't ask him to start controlling the back to goal and start linking the game, but if you get the ball in the box, he guarantees your goals, and Johnny was a big part of our team. But we'd run Jack in the team, you know, we'd some good players. Great player. He's much better now. Yeah, he's much better now because he's at Rangers. There you go, Grado. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I interviewed Ronnie Dyla recently on BT Sport. He did not, did you? I did. Where is he? He's in Norway. He's in Norway. Did you fly in Norway and go and see him? Yeah, yeah. For fun. Yeah. I'm nice for to do an interview. <laughs> <laughs> and Ronnie said that he thought he'd blown the league that year. 
Should you at Aberdeen have won the league that year? I think we would have. I'm not sure we would have won it, but we would have put them. We would have brought them close if we had have probably brought a few more players in in January. I think if the thing with that people don't realise, like Derry McInnes has a budget that you cannot compete with the old firm. So you, like the highest paid at Aberdeen's probably three four grand a week. Highest paid at Rangers Celtic twenty five thirty. How how do you compete with that? No. There's a reality check that people need to realise. There's only so far you can take clubs and you can win cups, but to f- to take them and go and win the league is less than done. But if Adam Rooney had stayed fit, would you have won the league? Because um, he missed the running. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm being honest. Being honest, we were probably a little bit short at the time with squad and depth, but if we had got back in January, we might have... Because I don't think the... The Celtic team were nowhere near what they should have been. Like you know, what I mean, they obviously weren't playing for Ronnie Doyle, and right. we beat them twice in a week. You know, we beat them in the Scottish Cup, and then we beat them in the league that was under Lenny the year before. So we could beat them in a one-off game, but whether we could beat them over the season, I'm not so sure. Well, Willow, it has been such a pleasure to have you in the studio. It's been a fascinating interview. Good to get an insight for a football agent, somebody that's played down south up here I'd like to thank you to come on just one more question who's the hardest cunt you've played with who's who's the the the, 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 the player that you would you wouldn't want to roll about in a scud in the showers with probably Richard Dunn he'd fucking oh. the honey monster would kill me I think yeah really mm. he was quiet but fuck me I wouldn't fancy tacting him like quiet quiet assassin yeah aye oh they're the worst there you go it's a bit like you, David. I can imagine you being a bit like that. Yeah, I must have. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I can imagine it. I can imagine somebody. <laughs> I, I can, somebody in a talk night out the come, shit out of you. No, no, I can imagine somebody coming up to you acting wide, slagging you about something, and you fucking sticking it on them. I'd have to stand in a chair first, Will. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, it's been great seeing you. Always good, good company, and yeah. uh, and I'm glad to hear the agency business is going well. Best of luck with that. I wonder if you can get his uh, Graham Shinney on the phone. Just I now. guess Shinney on the phone. Go get him on. Well, I want to ask if he's coming. He's get him on. Come on. He's got a big game tonight. We can't. Sure. Tap yeah. him up. Take, well, get him a give him a good deal. Get him a good deal by tablets, right? Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. I think that might have been illegal tapping. Right, it's now time for our Beer 52 match of the week. Congratulations to Dundee United supporter. He'll be a fan of Willow Flood, no doubt. Uh, Kenny Thompson, who correctly guessed the 1-1 result in the Hearts and Rangers match to win a case of beer. So this week, our Beer 52 match of the week is... Aberdeen v Celtic. So all you have to do to win is guess the correct score before midday on Sunday. Everyone who gets the score right will go into the draw to win the beer. And you can enter by commenting on the link on the Football Daft Facebook page or tweet your score to at Football Daft with the hashtag, hashtag free beer. One else must be 18 or over and stay in the UK. Mm. Aberdeen and Celtic, my prediction this week, I think Celtic will probably come out winners on this game. So I'm going to say that Celtic win. I'm going to go for 3-1. You can't have that. Why is that? Because that's my prediction too. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Well, we've got 3-1. There's nothing wrong with that. I'll say 4-0 Celtic then. 4-0 Celtic, 3-1. So remember, all you've got to do is go to beer52.com slash daft and we can sort to eight beers if you cover just £4.95 for the postage. 
And as an added bonus for football daft punters, you can get two extra free beers. And that, Grado, is a total of how many? Oh, that's ten free beers mm. in total. And your first box will be sent to you next day and will contain beer for all over Europe. And I must add, I'm sipping through my beers for all over Europe every night. Again, who's watch a wee bit of the wrestling, watch the highlights. And I tell you what, there is some phenomenal beers and amongst that Beer 52 package that you get. It's a monthly subscription service for the beer and Beer 52 don't hold you to ransom so you can leave any time. So just go to beer52.com slash daft to get your first free case of 10 beers. And that is that. And David, how have you felt? This is your, the end of your first show. With, with Football Daft it might not be your last how do you feel it went? I quite like the guest it's hosting different. thing it's different I've, I've for you it. It. yeah absolutely it's enjoyed it. for you. have you enjoyed having me? I have I must admit it was a bit nerve wracking because you know you've got your this right you were the yeah. guy for years and years and years now you've resorted to sitting in a studio that says bacon with uh, washed up professional Man- wrestler Mankey strips <laughs> David you've been football <laughs> you've been Daft. It's yourself! Remember that? No. This is 4Network.